Saludo mi gente. Welcome to Dismantling the Fuckery, the podcast where we deconstruct the illusion and unleash the fabulosity. I'm your host, Gohenna Angelique, your fierce neurodivergent Juyurican poet and an advocate for decolonial liberation. So get ready to dive into the messy, uncomfortable, and transformative work of dismantling the systems of oppression and the limiting beliefs that hold us back. We're here to reclaim our power, embrace our magic, and rise into fabulosity. So grab your cafe, your te, I don't know, maybe you need a shot, and let's get into some fuckery. Saludo mi gente, welcome to Dismantling the Fuckery, episode number nine. Woo-wee. I am still in that zone where if I'm uh, if I'm engaged, uh, you know, in real life in certain things, it just gets really challenging to um, kind of find the spaciousness to also then record a podcast. But having said that, I am winning. These are the... (laughs) These are the the kind of the the pre-conversation as a neurodivergent, uh, burnt out person in recovery, right? It's like a holy Batmobile. Where do we continue to access um, energy and how do we begin or continue to practice the honoring of capacity, right? When you can and when when you actually don't have anything else to give. And so learning to navigate those things are always a practice. Um, So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Earlier this week, there's times that I post on social media or if I'm writing or recording a podcast that the conversations are either present in their texture in my life or they are a conversation that's, you know, in my orbit. Um, or sometimes just things that, that come about um, that I want to hint at or point at, right? Like, and have a a, a teaching on. And so uh, sometime this, this, not this week necessarily, it was, well, maybe this week. Was it this week? It was Sunday. I put a post up about the inner sanctum and learning to... Um, you know, the summary of it, or to paraphrase, it's the idea of how do we, and what I mean by we is if you are the type of person whose work in the world uh, is very people-oriented, community-oriented, and, you know, like a lot of your healing work has this intersection in which you meet lots of people and people kind of move through your life um, because that juncture, and there, there's language for this in um, human design or quantum human design. Uh, it, you know, this is like uh, people's definition and and views, like if you have a personal view or if your definition is split or single or there's just so much language around it. And what it's meaning in a very essential kind of way is you know, some people are about their purpose and their lives in a way that is very like singular. They really don't need a whole bunch of interaction with other humans to either like complete a certain type of energetic structure or um, an energetic texture. And then there's some folks that do, right? 
And so when your life is constantly in this movement of doing healing work and creating change or leadership, you're going to have people coming in and out of your life. Um, You know, some people stay, some people go, and some people have a different place placing. Now, in all transparency, I've always struggled with this because for me, um, what I want to say is systems of hierarchy and or, um, and I think if, if you've listened to me long enough, you know that this is something that's a thing for me. Um, I'm mindful because I understand that in order for us to create a different experience in the world, we actually need to deconstruct these very like um, uh, uh, universalized uh, concepts or standards, etc. Right. And values. And so there are ways that for me as a person, very open, right, like welcoming to most unless you got unless your vibe is really shitty then you know i'm like i'm not trying to interact in that way having said that how you navigate um and this is something that i'm working on in terms of uh working in trying to find the framework that can be most supportive and um also offering you know, the the protection of boundaries while simultaneously being able to to treat every person that you come across with respect and dignity and understanding, you know, we have a lot of language for this in a secular sense. And what I mean by that is that, you know, some people are like, well, this is an acquaintance. This is a friend. This is a business colleague, right? Like there's these languages that give containers, which make a lot of sense up until um you contort in in relation to the container versus the container being service of your personality and who you are and what you're committed to right so this is the thing about like um you know where people in a professional setting will wear masks and tend to behave and or perform a certain way etc right and then in their personal lives at home, they're an entirely different person. I'm not a fan of that type of movement. I if I'm if I'm different or if I operate in a particular way, it is never. It, I'm very mindful about it being uh, transparent in its context, right? So like, it's not like going every, everywhere and just saying anything or you know sharing anything or welcoming anything that's not the case um but i try to ke- i try to be as um uh within my integrity in every context especially when i have to make decisions about access to me as a person i've tended toward the um a very open access which of course has caused a whole bunch of fuckery right because what tends to happen is that people, when you're about healing work, right? Like this is what you, you're here to do, whatever shape that takes, people are going to come into your orbit for many reasons. Some of them are divine assignment and timing. Uh, some of them are, you know, people who um, have a lot of unhealed fractures and fissures in their psyche and are drawn to the light and are drawn to the love, but cannot sustain being in the presence of. 
And that is, it's a real thing, right? Like I, I, the years that I've been doing or being who I am, uh, no matter how old I've been, I've seen it over and over where even when people, you know, they may have good hearts, right? Um, But their patterns, their behaviors, their own psyche is so, um, it's so uh, fragmented that so much of their shit is unconscious or they learn how to use that shit uh, to move in the world in a way that is manipulative, right? And so we see different patterns and dynamics um, over and over. And it's really interesting. And I've I've said this before um, across my work. I remember as I was growing up, um, the community that I was in and around, one of the things my mom would always say is that every one of the personalities in our community were archetypes and that we would find them anywhere. And she could not tell a more truthful thing in the fucking world. And so what we would do is like, if we would be um, in a different community or we would be somewhere else, we would be able to, you know, tell um, based on the person's interaction, behavior, et cetera, that this particular archetype was very present And then, you know, then we would see another person in another, you know, it could be a stranger and we're watching the behavior and seeing the same archetype show up, which is why I appreciate uh, Carolyn Miss's work um, because she has, you know, she uses a lot of archetype, um, Jungian, you know, um, uh, psychology is all about archetypes, right? And so there's this idea that, you're going to have archetypes show up in your field uh, in a patterned way based on the ones that you've been dealing with probably since you were a kid, right? Like, so if you look at your older years, um, your teen years, uh, preteen, teen, possibly, you know, even elementary, if you're, if you can recall that far back, um, you'll notice that a certain type of people show up in your life. And that there is a way that if there's a lot of dysfunction and trauma in your life, the type of people that are showing up in your life are in relationship to that particular thread and pattern. So for example, if you have a wound of rejection, then there's a way that 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 dynamic and that wound will constantly call in uh, a type of friendship or a type of whatever relationship, romantic relationship, fill in the blank, it doesn't even matter, that will kind of embody that energy and and bring in that patterning once again. So this would look like a person treating you, um, you know, drawing you in and rejecting you, drawing you in and rejecting you, drawing you in and rejecting you. In the same way that if you have a wound of abandonment, then you'll find that if you are not working with that um, and working on the belief, right, how you've internalized the belief that people are going to leave you and because they're going to leave you, then you're going to proactively fill in the blank. Some of that can be unconscious and some of that can be conscious, right? And so then you'll constantly, and you could see this in romantic relationships, right? Because then you start fucking around with somebody who is constantly um, either threatening or abandoning you, whether emotionally, physically, or mentally, right? And to be able to note the patterns 
um, allows us to begin to think much more consciously about how we're actually relating to people. Now, I'm the type of person, I tend to err on the side of, um, uh, I try to give more grace. And I say try because I think that sometimes when I'm talking about compassion or when I'm talking about healing or when I'm talking about love, sometimes there's this, I'm a five one in the human design and that is the heretic and the investigator and so there are times where what people are perceiving of me is only the love and light and it is not i repeat i am a human being and i am not all love and light um <laughs> i believe in love as a driving force and i also recognize that that has many faces and shows up in many ways in addition to the fact that my life experiences have not afforded me um, the, you know, to have a consistent experience of just the love experience, right? And so what happens is, is that I consciously choose, despite my experiences, to love and to believe in love and to hope for the best and to try to give the benefit of the doubt and try to be with people's humanity, right? And again, I can only speak for myself because I have consent to tell my own stories, right? And so there's this this way of looking at relationships and wanting to honor the humanity in others because of the humanity within myself. Because having found, you know, when you're young, depending, right, your personality, you could tend to think that you got it down or that you know or that you fill in the blank. You won't succumb succumb, or there, like there's so many thoughts you have as a person, especially if you come from a rough ba- background, that it takes a while for you to understand the humanity aspect of our beingness. One, that we, you know, we're going to make mistakes and all of those things. And simultaneously, because I remember when I was a teen, my perspective was, you know, I had, I was very driven by, I'm not going to be this way, you know, the ways that I saw that were toxic and unhealthy. And that served me for a long time because it allowed me to evaluate behavior, understand what's at the root and what would be the difference, right? How would I be different, not in reaction, but in response that's generative. The other side of that experience and kind of that, that perspective is that when you're young, you do develop a bit of arrogance, um, right? Where you're you're assuming that you're not going to fall into the same patterns or things that you see your parents or anybody else for that matter that you dislike strongly. Later on in life, if you're open to learning, you you can very quickly find out how human you are and how much you just may fuck up. And how just like uh, the very people that you possibly judged very harshly or whatever the case may be, because that's all contextual, um, you yourself will be equally judged, right? Uh, Some of it may be accurate. Some of it may be false. You don't get to decide because judgment externally is not something you get to decide. It doesn't matter how many T's you cross and how many I's you dot. If somebody's intent on misunderstanding you and and they don't like you, there's nothing you're going to do about whatever they're going to say. If somebody feels a certain type of way, they're jealous or whatever, you're not going to be able to change that. And so this idea of entirely avoiding judgment or the discomfort of being misunderstood is actually quite futile, right? And when you discover all of this shit, then you realize that 
or at least for me, I realized that the way I was engaging with others, there's very few people that I can say, I can't give you like a 20 page list of people that I think could either, you know, go fuck off or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Where I'm like, I detest them. I have probably half a page, right? Because once I get to a place, I'm very intentional about that. Where if I uh, decide that I no longer want to even engage in the humanity of that person, right? Um, then I just, that's it. Uh, and so realizing that for me, so much of this work and like healing my own inner, um, my own woundings around relationships and around um, what it looks like to have access to me and what it looks like to not have access to me. Like how easy is that, right? Um, And some of the experiences I've had these past couple of years around um, whether it's been uh, friendships or uh, work, you know, collaborative type of stuff have impacted me in such a different way that it has caused me to really sit and evaluate as to what are the actual boundaries and who gets access to me closely, right? And that's where the post on Sunday came about around this idea of having people around you, especially if you're priestessing, especially if you're doing leadership work or community work, you have people around you that if you, if they are not with you in the trenches, but yet they're around you observing or extracting and there is no reciprocity in that, you're going to have to make decisions that actually uh, relocate folks in a certain place in your life, right? And so what I'm meaning by that, and this is what I want to dive into, um, is looking at not boundaries as in in the relationship of uh, high fences, not that, not like fucking castle moats and shit, right? That's not boundaries, that's fear, um, that, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing you're, you're only going to find in that, uh, that it, you, it's, un, people are unable to make it in. Right. And if you're the type of person also that you're moving around a lot of people, but very few people get to have intimacy with you. It doesn't matter. It's not just romantically, but in just so many ways, intimacy with you, you know, there's ways that you have to be mindful about that because you want to be able to receive that. But you are going to have to reevaluate the quality of the values and the integrity of the people in which you're letting in closer to you. What is close? What does it mean to have an inner sanctum? And to me, an inner sanctum is like, I know many people, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, not by name. Don't get excited, right? Like, I can't remember a name, but if I remember a face, it's wonderful. If I don't remember a face, then, you know, I'm kind of screwed in that way. Um, But I know a lot of people, but a lot of people don't know me because very few people get to come into the inner places of my life. And I, I share as transparently as possible because transparency is really important to me. Um, but despite my uh, desire to be transparent as a place of modeling humanity and, and et cetera, as somebody who's been in positions of, you know, influencing others and leading is that it allows, it allows me to be a human being and it allows you to be in right relationship with who I am as a person. But despite those attempts, there's still 
people that don't make it on the inside, that are part of my everyday life or part of uh, conversations every day, right? To me, I've had to discover kind of the long path despite my transparency. And, you know, I like to be like as 100 as possible, as makes sense, is that there... um, It matters to me as a person, the proximity of people to me, to my everyday life. That matters, right? And while I can offer human dignity to everybody, right? Not human dignity, basic dignity to everybody, despite my liking you or not liking you. um, And being neurodivergent, there's this way where if you're not part of my everyday life, um, you know, when you show up in my life, it's wonderful, but at the same time, like there's nothing to anchor the relationship because there's actually no evidence of it on a daily basis, right? So realizing that had me kind of sitting with reevaluating this relationship of, you know, what are friends, what are colleagues, and what are people that I just, you know, know out of the out of the blue, not necessarily with depth. Um, I like relationships with depth. I'm um I'm a Taurus moon, I'm a Scorpio rising, I'm an Aquarius sun. There's I'm just built in that way. I'm not, I don't do small talk well. All of those things because uh, to me that's that's pointless. Don't get me wrong, I could shoot the shit with the best of them, but I'm not that's not my forte. I don't I don't move like that. And because I don't move like that, I had to begin to question um, you know, these are like layers of examination between who I was before and the access people had to me, who I am now, and what it means to have access, what it means to be in the inner sanctum of my life and see that there isn't reciprocity or that um, like you, you may know me, but you don't, you don't even know what I do. <laughs> Right. Because you actually never registered relationship at that depth to to have a better understanding. Right. And I had to learn because as a person who has classically given and overgiven. Right. Um, even when people haven't particularly I'm going to use the old school language earned it. Right. Um, there there are ways that it's been way too easy right to have access to my time because i know what it is to want to talk about things or go through situations and need somebody to talk to without being judged and without all of those things but i never i would never burden the person with needing them to be there for me or do something from etc because to me that never made sense you know i wanted to give or gift, right, which is what giving is, to gift to another human being with no strings attached. But the way that this becomes problematic, and for those of you who are really good at boundaries and really good at this shit, at protecting your time and your energy, what tends to happen is that you you are not actually looking at the reciprocity, whether you're getting receiving in the same measure or more, right? Not exact. It's not, this is not um, measured in a way like, oh, you know, um, I got to speak for an hour. Now they get to speak for an hour. We're not fucking toddlers, right? But, or rather, and 
not being toddlers, you want to, the health of a relationship highly depends on this dynamic of reciprocity, this dynamic of support, this dynamic of being there for each other. And when one person is giving, offering more than another person, the only place that relationship is going is fucking nowhere. And you have to be able to discern that early on by watching already the interactions. And you're going to have to, if you're a person who gives and overgives, right, you're going to have to start looking like, wait a minute, um, you know, because as for me, the type of person I am, the type of friend I am, type of mother I am, and the type of sibling I am. Um, generally, if it's really important and you're not really an exploitive person, you could call me and I will show up. Like those, there's certain things that are not questions. It's the way my family is. It's the way we, I was raised. It's the way my people are in a lot of ways. You know, it's that old school adage of we give you the shirt off our back, right? Like we'll share our food with you. You don't ever have to worry and you don't have to ask because that's how we move, right? We we are abundant in that way and communal in that way. Very indigenous practice, right? Having said that, when you are still healing as a person and in the practice of like really regaining yourself and learning your boundaries at the different stages of life, and I promise you, I'll say this again, and I say it a gazillion times, what you need and who you are in your 20s is not what you need and who you are in your 30s. And you need to check in with big transitions in your life. Who you are is may not be the same person and not in terms of your values, but the way you move and express them. Right. And so for me coming to this place where and I think I've said this before, you know, where I live, I don't necessarily have a whole bunch of like, you know, uh, uh, connections in the way that people are constantly in my house or things like that. And the reason why this there's a texture to this is because I come from a big family. So in a big family, you're used to hustle and bustle. My particular family usually is chaos, um, right? Like a really serious kind of not great chaos at times. Um, so there's different boundaries around that. But just like recognizing that I don't have community in the same way here, um, especially after COVID, et cetera, right? So looking at the quality of the connections that I do have or don't have, uh, continually, continuously have put me in this position of really examining the way I've been relating myself and the way I want my connections to look and feel, right? And one of the things that can become a serious challenge is realizing that you are allowing people into your life or, and let's, let's start looking at that much more deeply into your life as in you give time to the relationship. You give, um, you may physically do things or et cetera for the person or for the people. And when you're doing those things, you want to actually ask yourself and evaluate what is coming back in? Is the people, are the, is the person, are the people actually there for you in same and different ways, right? Because that's dy dynamically relationships are all different. Having said that, there shouldn't be you um, going out of your way and simultaneously, like when you are in need, then these people, whoever they are, there's it's like watching, you know, sitting eating popcorn. They can't you they can't be found. Then you have to reevaluate what are the layers of access to you? Who has it? 
what is the quality that they bring and here's the, the some of the nuances of this is that the person ha- the people have to already have this as a value you don't and this is the difference and why we have to be careful with some of the messaging around like you teach people how to treat you well yes by you know what you tolerate or don't tolerate and simultaneously if people don't already come with the values that align to nourish a relationship you're kind of in a serious you know clusterfuck because what happens is is that you're going to have to even teach the person value the particular value so that you can mutually share it either as too much work and this is how you're looking for value alignment in relationships and friendships you're not looking for somebody who has the potential of a value. This is the mistake I've made so many fucking times. It's ridiculous, right? And I think a lot of us can do that, especially if you're a healer type and you're moving in that way where it's like you see people's potential and it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but potential is not actualization. And what you want in an intimate relationship is actualization, meaning you want the person to, you don't have to tell the person to call you, to reach out to you, to ask you if you're okay, to ask you if you need anything. You shouldn't have to do any of that. You shouldn't have to reach out and there's only air. That's not a reciprocal relationship. The person has to already have the values of solid uh, solid values And then they come into your life based on actually living those values and you get to share that and you enjoy it. And that's, you know, there's that piece around recognizing that when it's good, it's fucking good. When you actually have people who have your back and you have shared values that make your relationship, whether romantic or otherwise, strong, that shit is easy as day. That's why easefulness becomes a metric. Is it easeful? Then you know that it's actually aligned. Now, let me break this down a little bit more because, again, easeful is not easy, right? Where I I need to plug my phone in before it kind of dies on me. Um, It's not easy where there's never tension or never challenge. It's not that. But that easeful is that you're not, you're not, and the person is not working for teaching the you know teaching the other person how to be in relationship or giving over giving and giving and never receiving in reciprocity right and to me when you are in easeful types of relationships you can't miss it because the flow gets really solid and you are seen clearly for who you are and the people are able to be there with you in the trenches as well as when the days are good. They don't fear that and they surely don't disappear when when shit is rough, right? Like these are real things that you need to begin examining and being able to name what your layers look like. So for me, there's the inner court, right? There's the inner sanctum. I'm using the 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 um oh my goodness the tent of meeting as a metaphor for this right and i want to do a, a deeper teaching on this because we need a framework to think about accessibility 
right? How people have access, especially the more influence you have and the more visible you are. You want to think about these things. There's many people that are meant to just be students, um, mentees, uh, you know, just a, a moment, a small glimmer in your lifeline. Um, and then they leave because they may be either a lesson or a support or, you know, name it, call it whatever you want. But to begin to think about what makes literally taking the time to sit down and list out who will have access to your time, to your ear, to your, I don't know, because I feel like for me and my family and the way I've grown up is like, if you needed a place to lay your head, there's no way you would go without in my family structure in that way, right? And I, I'm speaking of the past. My family now is, I mean, everything's changed. So I, I can't, you know, it's not the base now. But back in the day, you there was no way. And I've told this story before where my parents, when I was a child, um, my parents would, you know, they had community. And if they noticed that they went over to somebody's house, they were very discreetly and full of as much honor, respect, and dignity. Try to, you know, take a peek into the, the the fridge when somebody opened it to see if they had food and make sure that they had their needs met, you know, their light bills. or I mean, nobody peeked at the light bills, but like my mom would leave money on the table or somewhere where people would then find it, right? Um, they would you know, noticed that there wasn't enough milk. You know, we had, my parents had friends that had a lot of children and, you know, the struggle was real and uh, they would go visit. And then my dad would run to the store while my mom would stay talking, right? It was like a, uh, it was like a serious, a, a move, a distraction move, right? A strategy. And my dad would come back with candy for the kids and would come back with milk and just the basic necessities. Nobody had to ask. Nobody's dignity had to be compromised because when you are a poor person and you have a sense of pride, you know, you like you're living in your life, you understand uh, all the pieces and you're doing the best you can. Giving to a person and and supporting the maintaining of their dignity is there aren't words for how important this is. No one should ever feel beholden to any fucking body. If you feel that when you give, you got to count your shit and you're going to throw it in somebody's face, don't do it. Don't give. Be clear that it's on a loan. And if you feel, if you're the type of person who, you know, really tight with your shit like that, then don't do it. If it's going to compromise the dignity of the receiver, because that is one to me unethical and really incredibly painful for the receiver, right? And so taking the time to build your relationships and your life, design it in a way that energy that goes out comes back in. Do Are you strengthened or depleted when you are around a person? Are you... Do they know that, you know, it makes me think about some really basic shit. Like if you're down to one roll of toilet paper and and this person comes to your house and like, do they, are they paying attention? Are you paying attention to your fucking friends if they have a roll of toilet paper or not? 
Like, are you looking at those things? Because the only way we're going to survive and thrive is that we care for each other in these ways, not just how we can benefit from each other, right? And so for me, there's this like looking at what does having people in the outer court look like? Like who has access in that way? And then who has access farther out, like in the camp, right? Like in the camp, like outside of that. Where everyone is treated with respect and dignity, but the relate the intimacy and the relationships are measured in a way that are generative. What goes out comes back in. And these agreements, both spoken and unspoken because of your value system, create and build solid community for you. But if you have folks on the inside close that are taking up, and I mean this most respectfully because it, it's not like nobody's forced to do anything right? Like I'm not forced to be in any type of relationship I don't want to be in or say yes to anything and nobody's forced to say yes or say no, right? Like those things, we let's acknowledge that we're not children, right? We can be clear about that. But if you find yourself in that constant dynamic where you're pouring and holding space, but you actually don't receive that in return, then you have allocated a place that is precious to someone who is not yet able to be in good responsible in a good way and in good responsibility with that right like we have to be able to acknowledge that without um needing to uh diminish the person in terms of like you know like you're a loser <laughs> right loser loser you know i don't fuck with losers all of that talk like that type of smack um i get that we talk shit sometimes you know when we're trying to express an emotion or when we're looking at something trust me i have my own version of shit talking um right where i'm like something will not sit right with me and i'm like i don't know what the fuck is happening or who the person thinks they are right like i'll i'll get deep into my own shit talking Having said that, my actions are always going to align with my highest values and my highest values is that I'm going to treat every person with dignity and respect and much love, even if I don't like your ass. Now, it's easier to say that for the people that I don't like or I'm not fond of, right, that I they don't get access. But you have to evaluate your tolerance level in your relationships. And if your tolerance level is really high for some really, you know, shitty shit, then that means that a lot of people have access to you. And one of the responsibilities we have as leaders, as healers, wherever you fall in the spectrum of engaging and having influence is to model what it looks like to care for ourselves because we already know what the martyr fucking looks like. We got that bitch down pat, right? Like we're like, okay, it looks like this, that, and the other. And some people, you know, I'm I'm notorious. People have told me so many times that, yeah, depending the camp, right? And what I mean by that is, if there are people that I know that are much more secular, right, like are not part of my spiritual community, they perceive me in a way that they're like, oh, you like to help people. Some people have said you like to save people, and. It took me a long time to finally understand, actually, what's happening here is that that's how you perceive it because your lens is secular. Like you're, you're not 
leading or living from a place of a spiritual praxis. So you don't understand. So it, it looks like I love helping people. Well, this is my fucking job. It's my calling. The way we would quantify that in a secular realm is if I was a teacher, it made sense. If I was a counselor, a therapist in that way, it would make sense, right? It's like, oh, wait, you know, this is what this person does for a job. So it's a qualified thing from that perspective. But if it doesn't, if it's not, you know, contain contextually, some sort of professional job, then it seems like you have an emotional connection to that. And the truth is, is that every fucking therapist in some way, shape or form has a relationship to helping people. (laughs) Every fucking teacher, you know, go on and so forth. So being notorious for that, it's not so much that I want to, I don't, I have no illusions of rescuing or saving anybody. Here's the thing. I show up for people in in proportion to the depth of the pain that I've experienced, not directly in measure, measure for that, right? Not that. But what I mean by that is that I've been through things that have been horrifying and painful, and many of them by myself without any support, any aid, without anyone to sit in the darkness with me. Many times I've had to sit alone because most people around me couldn't bear that amount of pain. And because I know that in proportion to the depth of our wounding, I am willing as a person, because I know it as an experience, to sit with you in your darkness and not be afraid of it because I've experienced shit that would make most people's skin crawl, right? And so honoring that and understanding that and understanding my own relationship to my calling and my work is continuously putting me in a in a place of evaluating my energy, especially being at a place of burnout, right? Where it's like, I've been through what we call la seca, la meca, la toltoleca, right? Which is like some ridiculous saying for here, there, and everywhere type of thing. I've been through so much that, you know, I, whatever energy I have, I, it, I have to be very wise how I use it. I have to watch how I feel around the people I'm engaging with. Um, I have to look at the reciprocity, especially when it comes to my work, right? In a world that can easily take my fucking work for granted, right? In my relationships, my work can be taken for granted because it's who I am as a person. My assignment is very clear and my, um, I don't, I'm not, what I do is not because I'm professionally trained is because I was designed to have a blueprint that allows me to do what I do and see things the way I see things, right? Like that's how you know it's unmistakable, right? Um, That it's my calling. And so for me, there's this place of recognizing, okay, yeah, I get this, that this is me. And so I need to be mindful around how I am engaging in my relationships and how I'm allowing access and whether or not people are actually more than just saying, I honor and respect your work. I think it's important. But how are you sowing into me if I'm sowing into you, right? Like if I'm seeding and I'm offering or whatever, whatever the case may be, however that may look, how is that happening for me? Because I need it as well. And what burnout is about, it's because you are pouring out more than you're getting in. And when those when those things hit survival aspects, right? 
So think about the roof over your head, food in your cupboards, uh, the ability to support and maintain yourself without being afraid that you'll lose like basic survival things, water, air, you know, like all of those things. When those things also start getting wonky and at a deficit, you will run into, I mean, it's like batting zero for zero, right? The the amount of energy that's leaking now is, well, that's how we burn out because there's not enough. There's not enough coming in to sustain the amount that's being taken out with, you know, whatever the, the survival thing that you're connected to. So being able to really hone in on managing your energy and managing your access, especially when you've been going through a lot of shit is going to become essential. Managing who's around you, e-fucking-sential. I don't care if it's your kids. I don't care if it's your mother, your father, your great-grandma. I don't give a shit who it is. You have to step into managing your energy because it is very easy to take, especially when you're vulnerable. So I started to realize for myself that there were a lot of ways that there has been a lot of vulnerability and too much open access because of being tired. Who you are when you're tired, my friends, is an entirely different beast than who you are when you're well or you're, you know, you're, you're resourced, right? And these are really basic things. And so when you are going through a lot or have gone through a very intense season where you've, there's been a lot of shifting, a lot of pain or loss, you want to watch who has access to you. And if you don't particularly have the strength to hold your line and hold your boundaries, then you call in people that you trust to help you do that, to help you be like, hey, are you, are you doing good? that are close enough to know your daily life, to know where you may have energy leaks and that they are not part of taking advantage of that. You want to be able to look at the way you have shown up, have have people shown up for you like that? Because you're over here going out of your way. You're over here making, you know, you can make um, compromises and or sacrifices, whatever the case may be, to be there as whatever and be a support as whatever, but you never checked what's being poured into you, right? And that doesn't necessitate the reason why you have to reallocate people to another place in your setup is because you don't have the energy to teach that person the values that are necessary in order to engage in the relationship with you in a good way, in a way that's actually generative and solid. Most likely, if there's already a deficit in the relationship and there's more giving, one person's giving more and one person's taking more, it's already telling you the dynamics of the values in that relationship. And somebody's going to have to set the boundary. And it's going to be the person who gives because the person who takes already is showing a lack of awareness around that. And it doesn't have to be offensive in the way like, you know, we have to get all in and out about it. No, it's a very actually quite simple, maybe painful simple decision to say, actually, I am unavailable in this way anymore. And if you, you know, if you're looking for access to me, this is how you can have access, right? Like, if you are not receiving, you have to understand that when you are burnt out, or you've been going through a large season of a lot of shit, 
You need people willing to pour into you unconditionally. You need people that are willing to hold your arms up. You need to practice receiving when your chips are down in the same way that you give to people and they receive when when their chips are down. And if you don't allow yourself that, if you don't get to have that experience and if you have to do a whole commotion with another person in order for them to be present with you in that way, baby, it's time for you to rethink this, these relationships you're creating. You deserve better than that to use really basic ass language. You deserve to be supported. You deserve your friendships to, to meet you deeply and see you deeply. Otherwise, what the fuck are they for? then they are just they are just acquaintances or they're just students or they're just you know uh you know participants in whatever you're fucking doing not necessarily people qualified to enter into your inner sanctum and inner relationship with you and we don't like this conversation if you come from like you know it's it's really testy and it's one of those things that it's kind of comical i guess for me sometimes because if you come from the school of where you're like you know fuck everybody then um, this type of thinking feels exhausting because you just cut shit, right? On the other end of that, if you're a person who has uh, the tendency to be very, um, uh, I don't know what what language I want to use to describe it, but if you're the very love and light person and trying to, you know, rock with every, all of that shit, then the language that I'm using can feel harsh. You need a balance of both things because at the end of the day, the only person that can actually make sure that you're taken care of well, especially when you're going through a lot, is you. Setting, Having set up your life in a way that you have people in community that witness enough to know whether you ran out of a, a fucking roll of toilet paper. If your people, if your people don't know that, my friends, we got some fuckery going on. And the truth for me is that I've had some fuckery going on, right? And uh, and that has been painful. It has been challenging. And what I want to encourage you to do is to literally take the time to map out. I would use circles, concentric circles. Maybe you can, you know, Venn diagram it if that feels better. But actually start thinking about, you know, like putting yourself and you, your time, your resources in the center, and then every, your work, your family, all of those things outside of that center loop, but still interconnected. What, what does it require to have access to your time? If it's not a person who is a client or et cetera, then and it's an intimate relationship of whatever kind and I'm talking you we could talk about your kids if you like um, because if your relationship with your children if there's an unhealthy dynamic there and there's only extraction there you're doing nobody any favors if you have a partner and there's only extraction there you're not doing yourself any favors so this is a this is a fucking like across the board type of sitting down and really thinking about what is the exchange, the cycle of exchange happening in the relationships that you're in? How much do you actually get to talk? How much do you get to be heard or seen, supported, whatever that looks like for you? Otherwise, if that's not the dynamic in there, then that that person or those, you know, that whatever it is, needs to be allocated to another area Right, in which the exchange still has vibrancy, vitality, and values integrated. You're yourself, but that 
the consumption of those resources that you have available to you in this moment in your life uh, are not as accessible because there isn't any reciprocity, because there isn't any, uh, the connection actually is not solid. It's very uh, surface and superficial. And it may feel good to you uh, at present because of not necessarily that you're having your actual needs met in the relationship, but that your your guard is down, you're too tired to, you know, to resist or set up a f- whatever, fill in the blank, because you're actually operating already at a deficit, right? So you're settling for crumbs. The person on the other side is just, you know, doing the best according to their actual capacity, unless they're like really shitty people, right? Then you know that that motherfucker is manipulating you um, for their benefit, right? Like, or whoever it is, right? Whatever the thing is, the grouping is. And that has to change because the only person that has the power for that is you. So sitting down and actually evaluating some of these, you know, these these questions, these inquiries, these reflections. Uh, What is, what do you value in a relationship? And here's what I want to tell you because... You may have value different things in different types of relationship, but there are core values that are are through and through in all of them. I pray to the goddess that your romantic relationships are like really solid friendships with benefits more than benefits, right? Like, the, you know, because it's your partner and you're commit and you have commitments, um, right? And so the same thing for your friendships, the same thing for your familial relationships, um, there's values, there's agreements, there's commitments, and that that itself is directly relational to a generative dynamic, not an extractive one. So, you know, um, who gets your time? Who gets your mind, your ideas? You know, um, you hear some people starting to put up, especially if you're an entrepreneur or you're, you know, a very creative person, where somebody will say, I want to pick your brain, right? Um, and they'll pick your brain, but they'll always be picking your brain and never actually circling back to offer in right relationship, uh, repair or support or resource in exchange for that, right? Like I'm always clear for myself that if I need somebody's support or I need somebody's help and I'm asking for it, you got me. You Like if I have skills or whatever I can do, you got me and, and you don't have to beg me. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be some ridiculous thing, right? It's like, you got me. That's it. This is not a long ass conversation, right? You only have to set really hard boundaries around those things and create agreements if people actually don't know how to engage in that type of dynamic in a in a good way, right? Who will take more than they give. And this is where you have to be careful how you're working with people because what I've noticed is that a lot of this rhetoric around um, uh, self-empowerment, relational empowerment uh, falls on the lines of like being very, you know, like, you have to pump yourself up and and put your pedestal really high and pedestal yourself in order to understand your own value and therefore now everybody ha- you have to teach everybody how to value your time 
No, 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 no. You have to teach motherfuckers who don't know, not everybody, right? I'm not a fan of that. That's why I'm very careful with that shit. I'm not trying to teach anybody. I'm not going to teach you a fucking lesson. First of all, I'm not trying to do all that work for you. You need to learn your own fucking lesson. The only thing I could do is set boundaries for myself and handle my business, right? Now I'm over here trying to, and this is what you have to be careful with. This is why I did so much work around trying to understand marketing with my business and trying to understand because there's so many narratives out there around shit like, oh no, if you don't teach people to value, you know, there's just so much out there that is overgeneralized, which is very dangerous because it's not actually ever counting on people having integrity or people actually like the dynamic of grown ass people coming to the table and bringing uh, their values with them <laughs> and exchanging in that way. And I can say that now in my life because I've had many experiences of people who I don't have to be like, well, if you want me to do this, then you need to pay me this. Or if you want me to do this, then you need to do this for me. I don't, I've experienced where. Somebody will ask something of me and offer in return and it's very clean and it moves. I'm not like, you're going to take me for granted. So now I'm going to, you know, it's like Fort not Fort fucking Knox here. I don't fuck like that. That doesn't make sense to me. So you have to be careful with some of these dynamics because people need to be grown. And if they are not grown, then you get to reevaluate the access that they have of you based on the actuality that they cannot meet you, not that you're teaching them how to, right? This is really wonky shit. I say, you know, I'm going to teach you how to fill in the blank. No, motherfucker, you can't teach a person the values. They have to learn it. They have to value it for themselves. Otherwise, what you get as a result is people trying to be a way they actually are not. And it comes across inauthentic, fucked up and manipulative because then everything is everything is like just upside down. You know, for example, if you're talking about reciprocity or you're talking about the give and take in a relationship, then they, people, people start counting or people start because they actually don't possess the value. So they're going to have to make shit up in order to make that connection. Meanwhile, you're over here trying to, it's like if you have to, if you have to teach somebody in order for them to actually show up for the relationship, you are a teacher. They are a student. You need to make sure that they're paying you for the service because you're literally doing so much work emotionally, mentally, and physically, right? <laughs> Otherwise, if it's an intimate relationship, that shouldn't be the dynamic at all. And this is why you need to look at the values that you are like, how you have relationships. And there's a lot of language up uh, around there, around like avoiding behavior, all of that. And I think it's wonderful and important to get to know how you relate and to see the ways that other people can relate, but not for the finger pointing, but for the self-awareness that then allows you to navigate how to show up fully as yourself with integrity and address the places where you may struggle with trust, trust where you may struggle with um, spending time or where you may struggle with fill in the blank, right? All the things you may struggle with um, and and making deeper connections because you're intentional about where you may have like shit, right? Otherwise, people are just slinging all of that language around and, and not actually using it in a way that's skillful. All of this stuff is meant for us to become more self-aware communally aware so that when we're coming into agreements and relationships or building relationships, 
we're able to really bring the fullness of ourselves and be in the practice of working on that. Not that you're or myself, we're trying to create that in people. You cannot, um, I think of, you know, the old school uh, ideas around like kissing a frog, right? Like turning the frog into a prince type of thing. Um, I, I think that is such a ungracious way of being. And I've I've tended to like be that way where I'm like, I'll see the potential in a person. And, you know, I, my hope, my expectation is that the person will operate from a place of values, from a place of ethic, from a place of integrity. And it just may be that that person does not know what any of those fucking words actually mean or what it looks like. And not so much because, uh, you know, due to their own shit in that way, but they never, it wasn't in their orbit at all. And sometimes to do that work uh, is to step outside of your comfort zone, to be vulnerable in ways that you may not be comfortable or and to try different things or new things that in the context that you come from, you may look stupid and or weak. So people become adverse to it, right? They don't want to do it. They feel like that shit is like other people's shit, not necessarily their shit. And they miss out. And so that's a long story, right? That's a long place where what that allows me to do, having that understanding, because I've been surrounded by people like that all my life, having that understanding, I can look at that with compassion, but compassion does not equal access. Compassion does not equal a lack of boundaries. Boundaries does not equal needing to bully, stampede over or stampede over people just to make a point or to... Um, you know, entirely need to deconstruct shit for a person until they feel like nothing because you're trying to make a point that you're better or you're much more wiser, savvy, or fill in the blank. I don't fucking care, right? But that's all egoic shit. That's actually not integrity or right relationship. And so being able to look at your values, look at the conditions required to be in relationship with you. And maybe if you have a hard time doing that, the thing you can do is look at all the shit you've already experienced and what you don't want any more of, right? And that you're going to create the, you're going to need to create these layers of access so that you're able to actually honor where you're at or whatever season you're at. And relationships that are meant to stay and to be solid in your life are not, you don't have to... <sighs> This reminds me of the old school. I've been here, so I can only use these like type of examples, right, from, from my own experience where I remember when I was young and, you know, I was married for a really long time and I did what every, you know, uh, survivor of really abusive and dysfunctional shit does where, um, you know, I got together with a person thinking that they would change not because I wanted to change him in that way. I have too much respect for um, a person as they are, you know, that's important to me. And so, but I had hope that if with enough um, uh, proof, with enough modeling, with enough, maybe then the person would change and, you know, value the same things that I valued, et cetera, et cetera. It never happened. <laughs> Um, not only did it not happen, the person's extremely toxic. So that's like another 20, um, as we say in my culture. But in addition to that, they resented the, like the, the miss the misaligned, it was so misaligned and so dysfunctional and so toxic 
you cannot begin or build relationships from that place thinking somebody's going to change. They must already come as they are. Do people grow and change? Yes. But that's it, it's the equivalent of stuffing something with, with some, you know, I, 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 it's hard to find an example for that right now, but like, right, like uh, creating it versus it already coming built in. That's a world of difference. And the, the, the experiences that the relationship is going to go through in order to build one person to the measure of the values of the other person that, you know, measure what I mean is not, not in just similitude, but that the person's integrity is solid. That's a ridiculous notion. Then you must allow that person to move on and move off. And when they are in the state of full embodiment, then you may see if that works out for you. And if you're still interested in the relationship and then you build from that place, because both people will be putting the energy into building, not just one. And that if you are if you are in relationship, you're building together. And if that is not happening, you are not in a relationship. That is something else. And having the wisdom to know what those other things are for yourself in a way that doesn't need to shit on anything, but understanding that those are the boundaries around you taking a stand for right relationship in your life especially if you're used to really dysfunctional relationships. There's no two ways about this shit. That's the harder part. There's no, you're, you're either going to crash course this shit or you are going to burn out and come to the, like come to the conclusion all the way at the end as a part of your recovery of your energy as a person who's been going through shit already in your life, right? So really examining the relationships, whether they're your children, whether they're your partner, whether they're your family, for this energetic exchange, how vibrant the relationship actually is. What does that look like for you? What does it feel like for you? Think of the relationships that you have had that have been amazing, not because um, there was some sort of, you know, bullshit at play, but because it was authentic. It was full of love. It was, you know, really connective. You felt supported. Not that you were supporting, you felt supported as well. And never did you have to, like, you're looking for that. You're looking for the hint of that in your body, um, feeling safe with the people that you have so close in your inner sanctum. Again, deciding what is the inner sanctum. For me, it is my time, um, my resources, uh, my family falls in that. And what I mean by my family, like my children are part of my inner sanctum. And so for you to have access to my family and us, you like you are going to have to show up. And this is something that you some people don't think about, you know, your relationships, whatever they are, they impact your entire life. They impact your entire people. How many times don't, and I know this as an experience myself as a daughter, and also my children know this experience, unfortunately, where it's like they were impacted by my decisions, whether it's the quality of friendships or the romantic relationships. Why? Because they love me and they're in this life journey with me. And if I'm in pain and suffering, they are in pain with me. And so it does, you want to think about who you're bringing around your, your inner people, man. Because they are the ones that are going to go through it with you too. Don't, you don't just bring some random motherfucker into your shit. You don't just, you, it just doesn't work. 
and it doesn't work and it's painful and it's challenging and it causes it wreaks a lot of havoc and the cleanup is really long and a lot of trust is broken when that happens and this you see this a lot with people you know single parents and the relationships they get into and who they bring around i mean you see this in so many things not just that right like so this is not being pointed at one thing because if my children are in relationships that are painful it hurts me not only does it hurt me, I'm about to mama bear that sh the shit out of it, right? Like, you don't want to fuck with my children. <laughs> and that's kind of like the agreement, right? So taking the time to really evaluate the texture of all of your relationships, the values, what's important to you, what it looks like, you know, your love language, all of those beautiful things. Because these are the things that you're going to be both protecting and it's also the gift you give, when you have to give it, right? Um, and and really respecting that is going to be imperative. And understanding that you deserve better in your relationships, imperative. Knowing that you this is not a fucking like build a bear where you're gonna you're gonna come across somebody, friendship or otherwise, and apparently you're gonna build them to be the perfect bear for you. This is not fucking build a bear. If a person doesn't possess the skills, the values, whatever the things are already, and they're not actively working on that as an embodiment fully, then they are not ready yet to be in that type of relationship with you. They actually can't and won't be able to understand um, and and by virtue will resent you for expecting of them more than they could actually give. So in order to adjust that, you have to adjust where they're placed and decide what are the, the interactions that happen with folks in those particular things. Not everybody can have access to you. Not everybody should have access to you. And access doesn't make you superior. It fucking makes you wise as the person whose lawn you're tending, right? It's your fucking lawn. It's your home. The maintenance, the care of that, that's your shit. It's your purview. No one else's. And when people have earned the right, I'm using that language because it's the best language to use for this, have earned the right to be in the inner sanctum, those motherfuckers are as protective about your shit in the way you're protective about it and you're protective about their shit in the way that they're protective about it. Meaning you're able to tell your friend, partner, children, fill in the blank, whoever the fuck it is, you're able to go, oh, hey, I noticed that this and this has been going on for you. Is there any way I could support you? Is there any way I could help you? Because I know that when this starts happening for you, this shows up. Or, um, you know, one of the things I like to do, and you'll see this if you've ever been around me with my kids, is that I often, you know, I'm like very careful about the boundaries in their lives that they have with me and with other humans. And I'm also, you will know that th these are my children and I'm in con I am consciously letting you know these are my treasures because if you misstep, it's one thing if my kids did something and they they'll take they need to take responsibility for it. They're adults. They know how to handle themselves and need to come correct. And I support that as much as I don't care whatever the situation is. You will find me right next to them. Shall anything happen or go down, right? Like, that is not even a question. And I let people, these are my people. And in the same way with my friends or whatever. No, 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 no. 
right? Like I don't, and I'm not, I'm not a person who wears it on my sleeve. So I don't go around trying to browbeat every fucking body, but it is very clear. If you're my people, you're my people. And if you're about to be in it, I'm about to be in it too. We don't ask questions. We get in it. This is that New Yorkian shit. Ain't nobody looking around here to be like, I'm not sure if Barbara's going to need me to step in. No, I'm fucking stepping in because that's the nature of our intimate relationship. I care for her boundaries as much as she cares for them because I fucking love her. And we've built this this relationship so beautifully that we both respect each other so much so that we would protect each other as well and call each other into account and be there for each other when the tears are running and when the pain seems overwhelming, uh, bringing food to each other, caring for each other in all those beautiful ways, because that's what your people do. That's how the fuck your people rock. You don't walk around suffering or in pain and your people have no fucking idea and are nowhere to be found. That is not how that works. That is not intimacy of friendship or relationship. That's a an acquaintance or a student or a, right? like, or a client, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But it's not the people that are in the inside because the people are the, that are in the inside, you know, this is that old thing. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? Yes, the fuck you are. We're each other's keepers when we're aligned and it's correct. So I hope this was helpful. And if you are seeking support in any particular way in your journey around how to create this type of like framework for yourself, I'm here to support you. You know where to go, where the link is at. Um, and you can book a session and we can kind of get into it and you can, whatever type of session you want to book, but you know, there's healing sessions where we're talking about the energetics of these things and doing energy work and herbal work and all of that good stuff. There are life coaching, liberating sessions. They're called liberating, uh, liber liberation coaching. And we use, we look at your human design, your quantum human design chart as a way of bringing language and bringing act like clarity around what you need, what are the structures that you need specifically for you in order to navigate your boundaries and stuff like that. Um, and then of course there's a ta there's tarot readings, but that's a little different, right? You know, if you want to work on this, then you can book a healing session or you can book a liberation coaching session and we can get into it. You got 30 minutes, 60 minutes and 90 minutes. So there's many access points in that way. Um, I'm here for it. I'm here for it as always. Y'all know, I always say the same shit. I don't talk about it from a distance nor from a pedestal. I'm in the practice of it. I'm in the learning of it not ashamed of that. Um, and also the importance of being able to be with each other as we're walking it out, right? Um, otherwise, I wish you well. If you are a Jew who celebrates and honors the high holy days that are coming up, we have Rosh Hashanah coming up. We have Yom Kippur. We have so much coming up. I wish you blessings in that journey and invite you into a deeper practice around what it means to return, what it means to be in your sovereignty, what it means to model um, humanity with boundaries. Look at that. So beautiful. I love you. And until next time, mi gente. Adios. Bueno, mi gente. Thank you for joining me on this wild and liberating journey of dismantling the fuckery. Remember, we are the architects of our own liberation 
And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your people. Do all the things. You know what it takes for us to keep these frequencies rolling. Together, we will transform the world from a place of fuckery into a realm of unapologetic fabulosity. Stay fierce, my loves. Stay fabulous and keep dismantling. And if you want me or need me, yes, you heard me say that right. You know where to find me at priestessingliberation.com. Nos vemos ahorita. Adiós.